0: For the week of October 27, 2019, this is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. We are just three weeks away from the Mandalorian in less than two months away from the rise of Skywalker. So this week we are going to cover that crazy trailer that we got on some Monday Night Football. Then we're going to discuss those first three episodes of the final season of Resistance. But first, we are heading into an exciting fall and winter of the Nice. Star Wars craziness that's going on. We got so much coming. So we thought it'd be a good time to just go ahead and give our review of some of those news items and then also talk about the state of our podcast so that we can up our game for you listeners. So John, do you want to give our listeners a rundown of what we got going on?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We, we, uh, don't want to dwell on this cause there's far more exciting things to talk about, especially with that trailer dropping yesterday, but we want to let our audience know that going into the fall, because we have so many new series that are going to be dropping, you know, over the, the coming months we've decided that we're going to retool the show a little bit and we're going to make sure that we have individual podcast feeds for each different series that we cover. So we'll have one for resistance. We'll have one for clone wars. We'll have one for Obi-Wan. We'll have one for Mandalorian so on and so forth. And then of course we'll have this master feed that you're listening to right now. That's not going to go away. That'll have everything that we do in it. But if people are interested in just one show or another, you know, maybe resistance isn't everyone's cup of tea, but you know, they're on board for Mandalorian. We want them to be able to just get the content that they're looking for. So we're going to customize our offering through our website so that people can subscribe to just the feeds that are of interest to them. And of course they'll be able to find that in all their podcast apps of choice. And on top of that, we are going to be putting out a new website. That's going to organize all of that content so that people can find out, you know, when we drop episodes for a particular series and, uh, yeah, just find the content they want in a a much more intuitive way than we can offer it right now. So really what we're just trying to do here is up our game and get people the content that they want most because yeah, it's going to be coming pretty fast and furious and we got to figure out a better way of disseminating that to all of the star Wars fans out there. So that is the, the big news. And on top of that, we just want to let our audience know that despite our, sort of casual pop-ins on the cast throughout the summer, we are going to be doubling down on our schedule to make sure that we get content out quickly. Uh, we just really want to make sure that, uh, we have a consistent schedule and that we're, we're really, you know, delivering a top-notch product. So yeah, d- we've, we've heard you and, uh, we're absolutely going to tighten up our, our game around here as well and make sure that, uh, everything's coming out on time and you're getting the best possible show we can make.
0: Wow. It's exciting. Yes. I'm excited for <laughs> all of the stuff that we're getting as Star Wars fans and excited to get this podcast going on a consistent schedule.
1: Mm mm-hmm. uh, There's far more exciting news <laughs> happening than just our little retooling.
0: That is for sure. We have so much going on and Lucasfilm decided that uh, while we weren't recording that they were just going to drop all the news. Mm-hmm. So instead of dwelling on all this stuff that has been released throughout the month, we're going to take some hot takes. We're going to have some Mustafarian takes, some spicy ones, and uh, <laughs> then we're going to get into that Rise of Skywalker trailer, man. All right. So, Kevin Feige. Yes. He's doing a Star Wars film. Absolutely. You excited about it? I am. Uh, My hot take, Kevin Feige,
1: he's one of the most talented guys in the business right now. Lucasfilm is in dire need of direction and you know, just getting everybody on the same page and that's kind of Kevin Feige's wheelhouse. So if he can be in the mix and if they can bring him in even more, you know, than just the, the one film that they've kind of alluded to him being involved in, I'm all for it. So Kevin Feige,
0: thumbs up. Yep. I have two words. They are Kevin and Feige. <laughs> okay. So, Hot take. That, that's my hot take. It's a spicy one. So now we have a Obi-Wan Disney plus series. It's official. Yes. Awan McGregor. He's coming in. Yes. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else can we say about it?
1: Uh, just that we're excited. This is the, well, originally the, the movie that people were hoping for and the thought of it being expanded out into something Mandalorian esque as in a, a very serious prestige TV kind of offering six, eight episodes, whatever they end up doing. Uh, that works for me. That sounds great. Ewan McGregor. He's one of the best things in star Wars always has been since the prequels. Uh, why wouldn't we want to go on some more adventures with him? I hope Darth Vader shows up. That's my hot take.
0: <laughs> so, since 2012, I've been on the hot take of I want it to be a show. So, yes. this was the yeah. best news for me ever since it was announced. Like, Absolutely. yes, this is exactly what we needed. So, yeah, I'm with you. Give me some Vader. I would love it. All right. The next thing that has been dropped this is more recent, but The Mandalorian has released a full schedule via Collider. Yes. So, Collider reports that episode one will be released. On uh, with Disney Plus streaming service. Then, just a couple days later on November 15th, you get episode two. Then, from there on out, they're going to be released on Fridays, minus the Friday of the Rise of Skywalker, because why would Disney compete with itself on a Friday? <laughs> right. Get off your butt on the Friday and go sit on your butt in a movie theater and watch Rise of Skywalker. That's my take.
1: Yeah, we're going to have uh, more important things on our plate for that particular week, but uh, this is good. It's good to know. Uh, We weren't sure if we were going to get them all at once, if we were just going to be expected to binge them in a weekend and be done with it. This is better. I like to salivate for a week waiting for the the next installment of my beloved serial. Star Wars is the perfect type of property to kite your viewers along and and keep them baited with cliffhangers and, you know, just exciting uh, moments to uh, revisit. So I'm all for this. This is exactly what I was hoping. I'm glad it's not Sunday night. You know, that's already kind of a crowded space. Fridays works good for me. Uh, I'm going to be tuning in.
0: i take. Yep. I'm also going to be tuning in on Fridays and watching all these episodes. And I'm also glad that it is not going to be a binge festival in my house because I always feel nasty after binging. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, eight hours later, here I am. Yeah. Personal hygiene so, gets set aside for a couple of days. <laughs> it's, it's never you, pleasant. You start stinking. <laughs> by the By the finale, you're celebrating because you get to take a shower. So I'm cool with this. Yep. All right. And then February 2020, we get the conclusion of the Clone Wars. Is there any hot take on that other than (laughs) I'm going to watch it? Well, here's the thing.
1: We got Mandalorian. We got the rest of resistance. We've got uh, Rise of Skywalker. I'm not even thinking about Clone Wars at this point. It's going to be great. You know, like we wanted some closure on that series. We wanted Dave Filoni to be able to realize his vision for those episodes that they'd already started mapping out. You know, there's, there's some lore there that we needed closure on and we're going to get it. And it'll be nice. Cause after the rise of Skywalker leaves theaters and we have a bit of a lull, why not have something to fill the gap? I'm totally on board. I'll be watching it. But at this point
0: it is certainly not my most pressing concern. And speaking of closure, We got some material last night. We are recording this on Tuesday, of course, and we got this trailer on Monday Night Football at halftime, Mm -hmm. which means that I watched a terrible, and I mean terrible, (laughs) football game just so I wouldn't miss this trailer as it was released live because I like watching it on my big TV with my nice little sound system. Sure. So let's get into this trailer, man. First... There wasn't a big mic drop in the sense of dark Ray again. We didn't get that version or in your uh, opinion, you believe this is going to be a clone Ray.
1: Possibly. I might be shying away from that a little bit now that we've seen, (laughs) you know, a bit more footage because obviously they didn't uh, beat the drum of that possibility too hard. So, you know, maybe what we saw in the previous trailer, who knows, that could have been some sort of misdirection. Maybe it was a flashback. Maybe it was Ray facing her fear. We don't know. What that scene is, but it doesn't look like her with the double-sided red lightsaber mm. is going to be a prominent feature, though you can kind of sculpt things when you're doing a trailer. You can leave out yeah. all the big surprises too. So honestly, we're flying blind. I have no idea what to make a ray and what they teased with the the dark ray stuff in the the last trailer, but there's certainly enough new nuggets to dwell on that we'll just have to kind of put the possibility of Ray being a clone or dark Ray or whatever that is. have to put that back in the box for the time being and wait till December to find out what that's all about. Um, but was there anything that kind of piqued your interest that was totally like new and fresh
0: in this trailer? Well, I, I, I left some dark Ray in there because ah, okay. I, I do. I am now convinced that it's a clone. I'm okay. not like super convinced, but I'm convinced because the background and I'm convinced that we saw the same background because whenever Dark Ray was first released, she was in kind of like a misty background, something stony sure, sure. in the background as well. Um, and I think that we saw that in this trailer. I think mm. that whenever it showed that stone elaborate uh, throne that I'm assuming is going to be Sidious's throne, yeah. I think that... In that same scene, we're going to have little Dark Ray walk from behind the little throne sure. and, and do, pop the, do the
1: reveal coming out from behind the throne. Uh, I could see that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think more now, like whenever I watched it, this trailer last night, I was like, oh, yes, that's that's the same place. Sure. Uh, so that's why I kept that in there. Well, you know, what? let's let's um, catch our audience up because
1: this is actually our third attempt at putting out this particular podcast. Um, we recorded a couple times. We had some audio issues. We've had some scheduling issues. It's just been, you know, crazy summer and fall, but regardless in our last version of this episode, we dug really deep on our speculation and theories, but this was prior to the trailer coming out. Now that's kind of why I glossed over it, but just because we didn't get anything new in the new trailer that would kind of, substantiated or, you know, give us anything concrete to work on, but you're absolutely right that it seems like that dark Ray visage that we saw in the last trailer, it fits in that portion of the movie that Mm -hmm. looks like it is the, uh, you know, Palpatine's dead planet. You know, they're calling it where, you know, he's making his last stand, where he's stowed away his Navy, where, you know, where he's, where he's going to be re-emerging from. It, It seems like that's the big climax of the film. And it seems like that's where we might get the most surprises. We probably don't have time tonight because we're covering three episodes of resistance to really dig into how I landed on the idea that, you know, raise a clone, though. I'm not the only one, you know, espousing that particular view, but suffice to say that I don't think it's off the table based on what we saw in the trailer, but I just didn't see anything that says to me that they're going to continue to beat that drum and, and telegraph it and say, oh, this is, this is a surprise. You, you really want the answer to this question. Like they didn't continue to dangle that in this one.
0: Right. The next thing that I want to talk about is Sidious himself. Sure. So let's get, let's get the big hitters out of the way. Gotcha. Um, I mean, that was definitely him, right? Well, they don't show his
1: face. <laughs> they show him, uh, it seems like he's in some sort of apparatus. Think of it as a star Wars iron lung or something along those lines, but you definitely get the corner of his hood off the corner of the screen. We get his voice. We know that Ian McDermott is reprising the role, uh, at least in some capacity, mm-hmm but that's all they're giving us. Like that's going to be one of the big surprises about the end of the movie is, is how did Palpatine survive? What is he now? And you know, how is he still a menace to the galaxy? And in what capacity? Uh, I, I've, I went off the deep end a few days ago and read some unsubstantiated rumors about, plot leaks and things like that. So Mm. I know what the internet is a Twitter with, as far as, you know, what, what it's all about. I just don't want to go too far out on a limb because a lot of that sounds like it could be kind of hokey and I'm hoping that it's maybe not, (laughs) you know, what, what some people are speculating. Obviously Palpatine is going to factor that much. They're telegraphing. I don't know what else to say about it, except we get, you know, empire class star destroyers and all of the trappings of Palpatine. So he's in there somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's just been so great about these trailers is that they've given us kind of these yes. these sneaky reveals mm-hmm. that like when you first see them, you're like, ah, I don't want to see that. But then you like think about it, and you're like, wait. That didn't tell us that about like, (laughs) it didn't really reveal anything. Yep. All
1: we know really is the terrains that we're going to see in the movie. Like we, we get a clear idea of the various planets we're going to be visiting, but yeah, they've done a good job of keeping me scratching my head with force awakens. Not so much. There were people that would take the trailers and rearrange them so that you basically had a chronological order of all the, you know, the scenes, the way that they would play out in the movie. And in hindsight, you almost could, put the whole story together, though. That was a much simpler story and, uh, right. you know, far more familiar to star Wars fans. So I don't know if we're going to be able to do the same with this. Cause it seems like they're consciously trying to just throw a whole bunch of just little tiny hints of everything without giving too much away. Except three PO. Yeah. We got a couple uh, poignant moments with three PO.
0: Yeah. I think what they've shown us is in, in my opinion, in the second half of the film. I don't think we've seen anything from, from the first half.
1: Uh, I, I would be willing to bet that all that stuff on the lush planet that could be, huh. you know, the forest moon of Endor, maybe it's, you know, a rebel base on some other planet, you know, right. where the, the Tantive four is where uh, Leia is and where Ray's training. I have a feeling that's probably earlier in the movie where they go from there. Who knows? But we yeah. know that we're at the death star wreckage at some point, And then we know that we're in, What I'm assuming is something out in the uncharted regions where Palpatine has, uh, you know, rebuilt his throne. Um, yeah. (laughs) So we're going places. Uh, I would just assume that the lush, bright, calm stuff that we saw is probably the calm before the storm. That's why I would assume that that's probably like, you know, Lando's hanging out, telling stories under the ship. That's probably not the end of the movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and we have a, a war going on. Yeah, like this is the biggest, I think the biggest kind of glimpse at what this final war is going to look like, and mm-hmm. it looks like it's a battle. It's a doozy. I mean, we've seen some ships in there, like there were just hundreds of ships, resistance ships, the mm-hmm. resistance, it wasn't showing up on crate. They've, they've figured out how to get to the fight and yeah, they're there. They've been busy the last year. They've, they've done some serious recruiting.
1: And a few old friends have shown up too. Uh, Do we want to get into (laughs) the iconic, obvious ships that are going to be fighting alongside the Falcon? Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about the ghost? Yeah. Now, I mean, from rebels, you don't get the sense that the ghost is a like mass produced ship where there's just a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of them out there. It's kind of like the only time we see that particular type of vessel. So because it's kind of a character, the same way the millennium Falcon is, I have to assume when we see that type of ship, just like if we see a YT carillion freighter we assume that it's the millennium falcon i think it's safe to assume that that's got to be the ghost i don't know who's piloting it but uh
0: that's i think that's a fair assumption yeah and and i think i think that's exactly right and and for me unless i'm shown otherwise that's also the ghost to me uh -hmm. that doesn't mean that we're gonna see where we may not even see who is piloting it it may just be there yeah it'll
1: probably be just like um in Rogue One. You know, the ghost mm. is there as an easter egg and right. we know that fits for the time frame. We don't know, you know, what's been happening for the last 30 years with the ghost, but um It'll probably be something like that where, yeah, you know, everybody rallies and the call goes out across the galaxy and everyone who's been in hiding or whatever, you know, this is the time to make their stand. Uh, I could totally see, you know, that being the case, but I don't think we're going to peek in on the cockpit and have, you know, a close-up of hair or anything like that. Right. But who knows, you know, maybe Abrams is going to go full fan service and we're going to be on the bridge of the Colossus and we'll be on the, the cockpit of the, the ghost. Who knows? Uh, if he gives us all that, that would be. That'd be actually kind of awesome. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd enjoy that thoroughly as someone who's been uh, watching resistance quite faithfully. I, I think if the Colossus actually showed up since, you know, we're only a year out from where they are in the timeline of the show right now,
0: uh, that'd be pretty cool too. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And wouldn't it just be awesome if the final episode of resistance was like, they get a call about this gigantic fight that's going right. on. And so they shoot into hyperspace and the next time you see them is in. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. I mean, there's just so much to do with it. There would be fan service, of course. Yeah, I've
1: been been pondering that. My hunch is that because they've decided they're capping resistance, I think they're going to cap it with them finally finding the resistance, like meeting up with the remnant you know, Leia and Poe basically. I think that's going to be the last episode because we're only f- half a dozen episodes away from the end of resistance at this point. I don't think they're going to try and fill in a year. I think just okay. like with season one, we're getting about a month, which would be mm-hmm. just about right. You know, the first one basically covered the lead up to the force awakens. This one's going to basically cover the last Jedi. And then mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to meet up with the resistance. And then if they just leave it open-ended, you know, we found them we're rallying, whatever, whatever, A year down the road, if they're still kicking, then there's no reason why they wouldn't, you know, be called up for this epic battle. Uh, That'd be cool. Live action Colossus, if you got the aces out there in the fray that, right. that all works for me I know that it's a more childish show but I think it would translate very well to live action actually especially just in the yeah. context of a space battle where it's not you know
0: goofy slaps well yeah and, and all that you really have to do is just show the pilot you don't even have to show the pilots but just show the ships yeah and you're gonna know it if you watch resistance you're gonna immediately know
1: those unique crafts right yeah there's a lot of room for some fan service here that isn't gonna be that obnoxious kind where they kind of beat you over the head with it it's just here's a very dense scene and for anyone that really wants to study Yet. There's some fun stuff going on in there, but for everyone else it's just a space battles, plain and simple.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I'm good with moving on to resistance on that note. Okay, let's do it. So Star Wars Resistance, we are in the second and final season, and we're behind a couple episodes. So, sure. we're going to cover three episodes right here. Uh, so, and they kind of mash together really well. So, we can just talk about the three of them in general. Yeah, we've got one basic arc, really,
1: yep. which is what happened to the Colossus after they jumped away from the planet. And that's what these three cover perfectly
0: and yeah i mean season two opens up nicely with a with captain phasma doing captain stuff and threatening some uh (laughs) first order troops especially commander pyre uh kaz is also he's heartbroken with what's going on with tam and he just wants to talk to her that's all he wants to do
1: worst spy ever A little convenient, but Hey, it moves the plot along. It certainly uh, gets us to our showdown pretty darn quick. Um, yes, Kaz, uh, always thinking three steps ahead, decides that he has to send, uh, a communication out to, to Tam. And obviously the first order is going to get a hold of that. It's going to create uh, a big mess and they're all going to find their way to, um, the rebel base in the Ilenium system. And that's kind of, you know, where the crap hits the fan with with these few episodes. Um, I don't want to, like, trample over it, but that's
0: the basic story arc. So what right. do you want to drill in on here that you think is noteworthy? Uh, so I kind of want to talk about Tam. So okay. we have Kaz and Tam, their relationship. It's it's troubled. Um, <laughs> Kaz, of course, least. yes. <laughs> Kaz, of course, makes the mistake of contacting her um and sh- even though she doesn't want to hear from him she's not doing first order you know stab you in the back type stuff she actually tries to hide it mm-hmm. but her uh, her partner her for- her her, her current yeah. cadet trainee whatever you want to call him uh he's like hey yeah you got to turn that in right and so she kind of gets peer pressured into this whole thing but
1: you know what for what it's yeah. worth when it comes right down to it when um The agent is talking to her and saying, look, you understand that if you help us, Mm-hmm. it's going to put your friends in danger. Are you okay with that? She says, I've made my choice. They are not my friends. So even though we can see the conflict, especially when the communication comes through, like initially she's resistant to it and upset at even hearing his voice. And then later she's thinking about it. She tries to find an opportunity to listen to it. We understand she's not truly granite. She's not a hundred percent giving herself over to the first order, but she's teetering and she's making some very bold, uh, affirmations that she's totally on board with, you know, the authoritarian regime, So even though she may be conflicted, it certainly didn't stop her from doing, I guess, you know, from the First Order's perspective, the right thing and genuinely putting her friends in in harm's way.
0: Yeah. And then the next thing we have, of course, Sonara, the classic Sonara that uh, is making a return in season two, which Mm -hmm. I'm excited about because this was a very interesting character from season one.
1: Yeah, she redeemed herself. She's part of the crew now.
0: So a part of the crew, her pirate friends are a little party and (laughs) are using up supplies. Sure very well like pirates do and the colossus is of course at risk of running out of some of these supplies so they get to the ilenium system and there they find the old or what's left of the dreadnought Mm -hmm. but apparently a quite a bit is left of the dreadnought that has been bombed yes uh and they go on there and they get some uh coaxium Mm -hmm. so i mean what's going on with this dreadnought so
1: I have thoughts and I always try to be a little bit forgiving of resistance because it is geared towards younger kids and uh, they, they do have some plot conveniences and some character motivations get a little muddy and sometimes they play fast and loose with physics a little bit like this is squarely in the cartoon realm, whereas some of the other animated stuff. I think it was trying a little harder to cater to, you know, early teenagers and stuff like that. So it was a little bit more serious minded, but it's hard as an adult, you know, that kind of drills in on the details and kind of looks at it critically to not wonder how it is that the Colossus can't maintain their gravity, uh, you know, every time they get a scratch and yet that ship that, you know, was totally devastated. We saw it blow up end to end, you know, uh, explosions from, you know, every sector of that ship somehow life support oxygen is still on gravity still on and obviously the coaxium that we've learned from solo is like the most volatile stuff that Mm -hmm. you don't shake you don't mess with you don't do nothing with yeah it's it's intact it's good you know it's just there for the taking and yet you know the second they start jostling it it's on the verge of explosion there's a few things that you really gotta suspend disbelief a little bit if you're gonna get on board with
0: this plot well not only did we see the dreadnought get exploded like I mean we saw the whole bridge kind of just blow up we saw those people die yeah but in the cartoon the opening like whenever that scene opens up you just get the the gaping hole really in the dreadnought yeah and the rest of it seems
1: okay yeah you see the dreadnought kind of like have a progressive explosion rip through the ship and you mm-hmm. get the sense that yeah this thing is totally devastated but they don't dwell on it in the movie like there isn't a lot of just wide right. shots watching it implode on itself so I think technically they're they're okay. Like I I think that they haven't technically understated the minimal amount of damage that was shown in the movie, but it certainly gives you the impression in the movie that it was far more devastating than, than what you see in the cartoon. But regardless, I think we're, we're squarely into like Uber nerd territory here, where we're (laughs) trying to, to gaze at, I just brought it up simply to say that. Whenever technology needs to be an obstacle to our heroes, it's an obstacle. Whenever technology just needs to work without us thinking about it. And we just have to assume that for whatever reason, there's always air and there's always gravity. And that's not part of the storyline. It's always there. It's just funny that they would put two episodes back to back where one is everything on the Colossus needs immediate attention because this is what happens to a spaceship when it gets jostled. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that gravity can go out on a spaceship, all that stuff is like telegraphed there front and center for you. And then the very next episode, they're saying, yeah, I don't think about that. Ships just work (laughs) (laughs) like magic
0: well, and and it does its job, and I think this was the one of the main purposes of this episode was it reminded us, uh, especially those that aren't paying attention or aren't paying too much attention. It reminded us that this is a part of the Canon universe mm-hmm. and that it and it gives us a very good idea of the timeline. Oh, of I love this that. episode and where it falls into. And so that's nice because yeah. it seems like, oh, they got there, you know, right Minutes. after this yeah. whole thing went well, the, down. Well,
1: the planet is still smoldering, right? You see right. that like the, the red crater. So, you know, that the devastation was hours ago. Mm-hmm. I love it when TV overlaps with what happens in the saga films and it just makes everything feel more important and epic. And, mm-hmm. uh, they, they definitely nailed that part of it. It's fun to see the, the, the strewn about wreckage just floating quietly in space. And you're like, I, I. I know a lot of the people that you know gave up their life for this reckless bomber run that you know uh, set Poe off, and you know, like we know the story of this battle. So when they just quietly you know walk into the aftermath, it has so much more meaning, and that always works. That's that's good Star Wars right there.
0: Yeah, and, and it was nice just to see kind of the timeline once again because we know that it's after that attack but mm-hmm. before the stuff that went down on crate. So we have a good idea at when this went down because. If Crate would have already happened, then they would have already got the transmission from Crate saying, hey, we need some help. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that that's what's going to happen. My prediction going on from here is that the reason the Colossus didn't respond to what happened on Crate is either because they were in a skirmish with the First Order. So I think we're going to see that where the First Order is kind of trying to hinder what's going on and they or they get the call at like the very end. Yeah. And the very end is the call and there's like, oh, we've missed this because whatever went down, our communications were not active for 20 minutes because gravity and coaction and stuff.
1: I could totally see it being a situation where yes, they've been on the run from the first order. They're just barely squeaking by Mm -hmm. and they get to this kind of like breaking point where it's, it's all or nothing. We either find the resistance now or. It's all over for us. There's nowhere else for us to run. We're trapped on all sides, something along those lines. And then it would just be brilliant. If the radio starts chirping, the little light starts blinking, they turn on the communique and there it is. It's, it's Leia sending out the call. And, uh, finally they have purpose and direction and there, that's the end of your show. And I'd be okay with
0: that. Yeah, and I think that it's gonna be very similar to that. I mean, we have this is a Lucasfilm project. Like this isn't just some sister company working on this mm. on this little thing. Like they're taking pride in this show, and I think that it is going to end with a conclusion that's similar to that. Or we're going to hear of this in Resistance, maybe not the finale, but it's going to be there. They mm-hmm. they've provided all of the Easter eggs and all this stuff going back to season one with just BB eight in yes. the background. Um, I'm also <laughs> glad cause we were a little fearful that BB eight might be popping back and forth in season nope. two. No
1: option. They are bound by the <laughs> uh, plot and logic of the universe. BB eight is out of the picture for the rest of the series.
0: So Poe is keeping BB eight is what I'm gaining from this.
1: Well, right at, right about now, I'm pretty sure BB 8s getting loaded up with uh Finn to go off to yep. the casino planet to, uh, <laughs> ride some father's or whatever they're called.
0: Yeah, yeah, Space Vegas, yeah, Space Vegas, uh, yeah. Shoot some coins. All right, so let's talk about these aces. Okay, so we we get to see them in the the final uh, in episode two and episode three and kind of the final acts. They get some action here, mm-hmm. and what is realized is that even though they're good pilots, they're not the greatest at combat. They do a good job at distracting uh, the First Order so that everyone can get back onto the Colossus and the pirates can help load everything up, and then they can jump to hyperspace and get the heck out of there. And so they do a good job at, at that. But I like that in episode three, we're getting these fulfillments that we were very optimistic about from the moment we Mm -hmm. heard about this show. So whenever we first started this podcast, we're like, Oh yeah, we're getting a show that's about the ACE pilots, right? Dog fighting. When are they going to up the ante and it's going to get real and there's going to be some real space battle. Yeah. Well, I think it's getting real. I think we're at that point. We have Yeager named squadron leader, which is great because he's the one with the most experience in the Mm -hmm. combat and this stuff. Uh, And he provides a training day for these recruits. Um, How'd you like the, the the mirror going on with the aces and the first order recruits?
1: Well, this is really good storytelling. It's, it's well worn storytelling like there's nothing unique about the oh you know what we need to stop being proud and come together as a team and it can't just be about one of us it has to be about all of us like thematically this is every avengers movie this is right. you know like there's there's nothing groundbreaking about the theme of it but this is a really competent episode like you said in how they juxtapose the authoritarian survival of the fittest out for yourself cutthroat world of the first order and how they train their cadets Compared to you know what uh, the um, the former imperial pilot said it best. he said the reason the empire lost is we weren 't working together, like he makes yeah. that point you know this this is a better way, you know how Yeager's training us. this is what we need right now. We really need to stop just thinking about ourselves, and you get a lot of that obviously being echoed back by um Donald Faison's character. Uh, oh my goodness. Why can't I think of his Hype. name? Hype. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you know, this you're being beaten over the head with these themes, but they play it out well to good effect in their, their training grounds on this ice planet and, you know, monsters and all the rest of it. So it's good. It's good. It yeah. made the point. It said everything it needed to say for the target audience. I think this would be a really effective episode. And and I was yeah. charmed by it. I had a lot of fun with
0: it. Yeah. And in my final comments just on it is that we, and this is my favorite part is that you see the first order also training cadets. And immediately, as soon as that scene opens up, it was like back from commercial. Oh, yeah. And we're not using that, that taze stuff. We're, we're not setting our guns to stun. Yeah. yeah we're going full Stewart, blast uh, yeah. here because if you get killed out here in training, it's better for us anyway. Yep. Uh, and so I, I just thought that that was interesting. And so Tam gets to see that and she gets to see, like, oh, she helped out someone who honestly she didn't really like. But she helped them out anyway because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, she's maintaining her humanity humanity. even though they're trying to beat it
1: out of her. You know, you can see that at her core, she can't really give herself over to this uh, soulless, uh, organization that she feels, you know, is, is really, you know, her only hope for family at this point. I
0: think we're in for a classic star Wars redemption arc in the final episodes of this season for Tam.
1: Yeah, I could see that happening. She'll find her way back to the Colossus and then they'll zip off to help the resistance and she'll be on the right side of the battle.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all working. I'm even bold enough to say that she's going to be faced with a difficult choice, (laughs) You
1: think <laughs> there might be some moral quandary she might have to. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we're going to see all the same themes that we saw with Sonora last season, mm-hmm. but I think in a grander scale, because you've kind of got the, the whole might of the first order. You're just making the stakes of your choices that much more important and devastating, whereas, you know, siding with the pirates, it's not really the same game changer (laughs) as potentially, uh, you know, bringing the first order down to bear on your old friends. Um, this season has been doing the job. I, my minor quibbles about plot conveniences and, um, character moments where they, they seem to be kind of betraying their, their character, that kind of stuff aside, these were three very fun episodes and they certainly haven't dropped the ball in the quality of the show, the look of the show. It's all still right on point. I'm glad that they're not going to drag it out. I feel like the story could be complete after two seasons. I feel like it brings us right to the point where I think we'd want to leave the Colossus behind and start looking at the resistance as a whole, which, you know, could be another series down the road.
0: Yeah. And we are about eight weeks left. I think this has been uh, listed for 11 or 12 episodes were in that eight eight weeks range which will end it on the week prior to or the week of good old Rise of Skywalker so we got some more <laughs> just it's this is going to end then we're going to get new content before this even ends and then new content after new content it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan everything that we hoped from the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm in my opinion we are getting a pretty good load of what we wanted it's
1: it's kind of ridiculous as someone who's lived through pretty much all the eras of star wars we used to have 16 year droughts (laughs) you know that that was the norm for a star wars fan oh I, i heard there might be another trilogy someday you know yeah uh so say what you will about maybe some missteps with the saga films and and i think that some of that criticism is well founded as long as it's you know presented in a decent humane way but Regardless of what you think of, of those movies, did we ever think we were going to get the level of like television serialized storytelling that we're seeing drop with the Mandalorian? We don't know much about the series, but we know that they put all their might behind it and they've got the the best talent and the best on-screen talent involved in that. Did we ever think we were going to get such an embarrassment of riches thrown mm. at the Star Wars franchise And just so much dropping all at once. It's been such a quiet year, you know, ever since the last Jedi happened and Lucasfilm kind of, you know, pumped the brakes and said, we need to kind of figure out, you know, our strategy. People were assuming other than the rise of Skywalker, really, what was there to look forward to? And, And now it's all dropping. It's like the time
0: just flew by and we're, we're at the door now. Yeah. Well, I hope that our listeners continue to watch this show. They continue to follow the podcast. If you follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk, keep an eye out for some nuggets coming your way from the land of Batuu. That's Galaxy's Edge, right? Sure. Yep. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm going there this week, and I'm going to take <laughs> pictures. I'm going to post them to the wow. Twitter. You couldn't have and- set
1: that up worse. Let's let's try that. Let's try that one more time. Okay. <laughs> so here here's, here's what we're trying to say here. You are heading to Disney World, right? You're going to Orlando, right?
0: I'm going to Disneyland. Disneyland. Okay, you Heading to, to California. Anaheim.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're heading to Anaheim. You're doing galaxy's edge and you are going to give us the full report on whether it is the tragic defeat of Disney that is being rejected by fans and tourists alike, or whether it's a cool place to go that seems to be thriving and the rides are fun and it's got a bright future ahead of us. You're going to be able to put that controversy to rest because you're going to see it firsthand and you're not going into it with any biases that are going to make you, you know, want to, to frame the, the narrative a certain way, you're going to give it to us straight. So when you get back, we're going to hear end to end what the experience is like and whether it seems like this is something that's really going to hook people and and be a thriving
0: part of Disney moving forward. Yeah, That is correct. I'm going to give full reports with picture evidence. Like, sure. It's just not <laughs> just going to be my word. I'm going to take pictures. I'm going to take videos. You're going to get it all. Beautiful.
1: That's what I want to know because you, you get so much silliness um, flowing through the internet and you never know really what the measured take of it is like, is this person giving it to you straight or do they have an ax to grind or whatever it is? Uh, I just want to know if it's a fun place because, uh, if I save my pennies for, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years, I might be able to afford to go myself and I'd like to know if it's worth it. So, uh, I can't wait to hear your experiences and I hope it's just, you know, everything that we could
0: imagine. Uh, I plan on crying at least seven times. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you know the over under on that one. Build uh, me, uh, an epic lightsaber. Uh, no, no matter the cost,
1: whatever the cost I sanction it, go make, go make the ultimate saber. Uh, yeah. Have fun. Have a blast.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, John, where can our listeners find you
1: when I'm not chatting star Wars over here? I'm chatting SNL at SNL after party which uh, can be found at snlpodcast.com. We're covering the new season, season 45. We are three episodes in. They're coming back next week with uh, Chance the Rapper as a host and musical guest. Should be a fun episode. We do a full sketch by sketch rundown of the show and uh, yeah, just really uh, dig deep on it. So if anyone enjoys SNL and would like to hear our take on that, by all means, find me over there, snlpodcast.com.
0: I highly recommend the podcast and I hope that our listeners join us next time.